what I keep telling him is the person that I'm about to talk about, he is just a vessel for the bigger issue or the bigger a vessel for white supremacy. Lord have mercy. Okay. Anyway, so what we're what I'm trying to get at right now, um, earlier this week it was announced that Justin Timberlake um sold his music catalog for about four hundred million dollars. And um yeah, it was just all over the news. There's been a string of um musicians and artists selling their I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt you. Why did you bring this up when John Legend did it? Why is it that Justin Timberlake does it? Because John Legend did it hella long ago and we were definitely doing a podcast and you had nothing to say about it. So when you told us, okay, so I got to call you out, right? I got to call you out. Okay. I got to, I got to, because when I told you about, um, you know, I didn't want to have this conversation because Justin Timberlake is a culture vulture um, and I don't appreciate you censoring this culture vulture this week. And then when I told you that he's a misogynist and he may or may not be a racist and how he dealt with Britney Spears and how he dealt with um, Janet Jackson. And then he didn't really he didn't really. Uh, what's the word? He really never apologized until like black Twitter lit his ass up after the Britney Spears and Janet, well, after Janet Jackson, um, after the Super Bowl, every Super Bowl, black people take the moment to light his ass up. And then the Britney Spears doc came out and then they was lighting his up again. And then what happened? He said this, okay? He said this. I just got to read this real quick for the listeners and then we can get into this, but I got to call out BS because you love Justin T- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yo, what's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome to Conversations for the Culture. I am your host, Micah Butler. And I am your host, Portia Harris. And we are giving you Conversations for the Culture because Black culture is pop culture. Okay? Woo! I Period. love that because Black culture Period. is pop culture. It is June 3rd, y'all. Crazy that we are six months into the year. Real quick, summer, summer, I just, before, before, we, <laughs> before we get going, I just want to encourage you guys to push. All right, we're at the six-month We're at the six month mark, midway through the year, and I need you guys to really push. Um, a lot of you guys have been discouraged, and you're like, oh, it hasn't happened yet, and blah, 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 blah. Quit feeling sorry for yourselves. Get up off of your butts and go to work. You know what, Portia? Hit me with that Kim K real quick. No one wants to work these days. Get up and work. It's so easy. Like, just work. I don't understand. It's the problem with everyone nowadays. Nobody wants to work. There you go, guys. You're so right, Kim. You're so right. (laughs) You guys got to work. You got to do the work, all right? I believe in you, and I want to see y'all win, all right? So what we're going to do, all right, we're going to chop it up real quick. 
This is the segment, a little opening segment called Chop It Up. And this is where we just talk about. So, Portia, tell me um, how you been? How's your week been? Anything good? Anything exciting? Well, tomorrow I am going to a wedding. So that's really exciting. You stay going um, to weddings. I stay going to weddings and still ain't got no man. How'd that work? <laughs> anyway. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. Um, one of my high school friends is getting married to her longtime boyfriend. Um, so, well, I don't know if they're black, so shout out to love. How okay. about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shout out to black love, and I'm like, wait, hold on, it might not be. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so. They are getting married. It's really uh well, I mean, they're getting married in high part. Does that count? Okay. No. So cool. Um shout out to love, anyways. <laughs> shout out to love, shout out to love. Right. Um last weekend, I just want to, I think, I think I try, I think I halfway got gaslit by a guest. Okay. Which is like weird, but like not weird at the same time. What did they do? Um, so they walked in. First of all, there's a club right next to us called Underground. Um, so they were having like a day party, whatever. It was it was live, it was jumping. You could hear the bass from the re- in, in our restaurant, like don't, 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 don't. So it was a lot, it was a lot of melanin popping, it was a lot of melanin going on, okay. Um, so there was some guests that walked in, they went, came, sat at the bar, real cool, real like chill. Didn't think anything of it. A gentleman walked up to me, um, because it was, yeah, it was a Sunday. I was running the show. So, you know, I was handling seat. You, you go there, you go there, you do this. Anyway, he walks up to me and he's like, real like, yeah, so I need you to get me a table later on. And I'm like, oh, I, I do apologize, but we are we're all booked. And mm-hmm. he points to some empty tables, and he's like, well, he was like those two, and I was like, yeah, actually, those are reserved as well. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And then he kind of steps back, and he's like, you good? And it took everything in me. It's the not you good. Me. It's the God in me because. I was ready to be like, I'm good. You good? But I was just like, no, no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be professional. I said, yeah, I'm good. And he was like, okay, well, you know, I just try to tell, he was like, I'm in this industry and I just try to tell people, you know, even if you having a bad day, you know, you still need to, I tell my employees that they still need to put that umph, you know, that umph forward. And this is why, even though I work in a quote-unquote white space, this mm-hmm. is why I always I'm going to give my job and my in the company I work for the props that they that they deserve. At least my management staff, not necessarily right. the company, because that's still up for debate. But um, my manager was standing right there, and she was just like who happens to be a white woman. And she was just like, huh? Like, huh? Like what? Like we were both looking at him like. Right. "Ah, ah." 
So he was just like, you know, just, you know, just like a little tip or whatever. And um, so he walks away. And then like a few minutes later, they all get up and leave because I guess he felt booty hurt that I just wouldn't give him a table or something. And my manager turns to me and she was just like, I'm really glad that I was standing here because sometimes when somebody asks for a manager or somebody goes to a manager, you know, things can get lost in translation. And and Mm -hmm. if you're not there to see the situation unfold, you're not going to know what's true and what's not. And she was like, Mm -hmm. but you handled yourself very professionally. And she was like, there was nothing wrong with what you said. Now, Mm The guest in question was a black man. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, are you just saying that because he was a black guy or are you just saying that because he was out of line? He was out of line, but you know, but they do be standing up for us because there was also a crazy white lady in there talking about dairy free chicken, like two hours later after that, it was a crazy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that that was it. That was it. I was just kind of like, dang, interesting. Man. Interesting. So I don't think, um, mm. yeah, that's interesting stuff right there. That's interesting. Never a dull moment. I tell you, never, never a dull, dull moment, moment with you. I don't never know if it was moment. um gaslighting. That's why I was so like, much. kind of, sort of, not really. I don't know if that's the definition of gaslighting. I think it was just more him. Flexing, flexing unnecessarily because people do that all the time, especially people yeah. who are, oh yeah, I, I'm a manager at this restaurant and I do it. So I think it was kind of like maybe some BD syndrome there, right? Swinging yeah. B syndrome, but I'm not sure if it was gaslighting per se. I mean, it wasn't, I was just being dramatic, but Got you. at the same time, one of the things is like, don't try to say that you're in an industry to get your way or to make a point or to quote unquote, try to shit on somebody. Because if you, if you are in the industry, like you say you are, then you will understand why I said what I said and you will respect that. You'd be like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. And my answer was like, no or was it because you thought since i'm a black woman and you're a black man i'm supposed to just magically make something happen for you if i don't have a table i don't have a table there's nowhere i can hold on let me let me let me tap on this mic really quick y'all if a restaurant tells you that they don't have a table there's nowhere for you to sit there is no, there is no way they can squeeze you in. There is no way that they can. Oh, it's okay if uh, we have to squeeze. No, there's not a table. Take the no, take the L, go somewhere else. Thank you. She said what she said, y'all. She said what I she said. I said what I said. Before we move on, tip your waiters and waitresses. Tip your waiters and waitresses, bartenders as well. All right. So before I move on, we got breaking news again. So I'm going to tell you about my week, right? But we got some breaking news. 
I love people always send me breaking news, right? So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to read this breaking news. For months, I'm sorry. This is a really important red table talk on alopecia. Considering what I've been through with my own health and what happened at the Oscars, thousands have reached out to me with their stories. I'm using this moment to give our alopecia family an opportunity to talk about what it's like to have this condition and to inform people about what alopecia actually is. While speaking, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry. She also says, now about Oscar night, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. Um, that is a video that Miss Jada Pinkett Smith uh, released not too long ago at the time of this recording, and she will be bringing this conversation to the Red Table Talk. So I'm sure next week we can dive into that after we watch it and everything, but she always is talking about healing, <laughs> and she wants these two Black men to heal. The fact that she said it, worded it like that, and like, you don't even acknowledge your husband is kind of weird to me. He's just some random black man, some random nigga. Like that's a little that's it's mm. now that Portia, that's gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. That's gaslighting as yep. well. Like and y'all know that I have try I've been trying through this whole Oscar situation to be to give Jada the benefit of the doubt. The whole entire time. But that's a little weird, Jada. I ain't even going to hold you. That's a little weird not to even acknowledge your husband, not even say your husband's name once. And then, first of all, you bringing it up now? Now? Isha, it's a little too late. A little if too long. Thing that, <laughs> if, if there's one thing that Jada's going to do is exploit the hell out of her family. All right, so now we're going to move on to my day, more of my week. Um, my week was pretty good. Um, I, um, you know, I'm moving into a really important partnership uh, business-wise, and I'm excited about it. I signed the contract yesterday for that. So price went up. The price definitely went up. Actually, actually I'm really, is not. Now I'm only really working with business owners who are serious and like, Pretty much, I'll reach out to you if I want to work with you. I'm at that point. Um, I'll be able to talk about it more. Uh, there's one more meeting that we have to do. So once I do that, uh, I'll, I'll maybe share it with the audience here. Um, I already let you all you know on the back end or whatever. But uh, outside of that, my week's been pretty good. Um, this month, I'm not drinking any pop, any soda, any energy drinks. I'm just doing water and juice. Uh, my birthday is next month, so you know I'm trying to get the skin skinning. So we're gonna see how that works. I've been in the gym like crazy. Like my comments have been, listen, y'all are something else. I, I show a little bit of skin, um, and y'all just be going crazy in Mike the comments. Been on his Instagram stories, thirst trapping. Oh, you should see y'all my hear TikTok. Me? I'm about to get to that. You should see the TikTok. Okay. There's trapping. But I did a post about my Hoochie Daddy shorts, right? Because I've always had Hoochie Daddy shorts. So, like, the fact that all of a sudden it's, like, the cool thing, I'm like, y'all are, okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) So, I made a video basically 
asking questions on TikTok. It's doing really well. Basically, it was asking about like Hoochie Daddy shorts. And I was asking the questions of, you know, what are the right Hoochie Daddy shorts? What is the right, you know, length of the Hoochie Daddy shorts? You know, just asking the women like what they I'm like hearing, in the Hoochie Daddy shorts, right? I'm hearing the four, the four inch, the four inch shorts. Yes. Are are the right appropriate length. Yes. So those shorts, my orange shorts, y'all, if you go to my page, y'all, y'all can see them, right? Those are definitely Hoochie Daddy shorts, right? Now, in this original video, I was like, but I have apprehensions about Hoochie Daddy shorts because my thing be thanking, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest here. My thing be thanking. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm out and about and my thing starts thanking and it Starts thinking outside of the hoochie daddy shorts, right? That would be very embarrassing. Are you okay over there? Cut your pearls. Are you good? Okay. So <laughs> you can't you can't adjust. You can't you can't like put it to the. I mean, you yes. But or is that a comfortable thing? Would that would that make you uncomfortable, or would it look weird? <laughs> it could be comfortable, but all would this, it, so would I it look adjust. weird in the waistband? But you know, we're men, so sometimes. Even when we adjust, sometimes we may see something and then it may, you know, salute. <laughs> and then all the adjusting in the world in Hoochie Daddy shorts, that just don't work. So that's my dilemma, right? Because I don't want that type of intention, uh, attention, right? So I put this up and then I'm going to read you some of your, listen, women, I feel like I was being overly sexualized on the internet this past week, and I'm offended, okay? So, somebody said, but isn't that the point of Hoochie Daddy shorts? Let that situation situate. We won't look. We will look. Who, who this said we won't said, look? Then she said, another girl said, nice definition in the thighs. Smirk face. Then somebody said, your you situation in, wait, she said, you are situationing in the regular shorts, sir. So dot 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 laughing emojis. Somebody else said, whatever pair you wear, we will will just be great. We will still catcall you. We see that situation. Thanks in advance for the dilemma. <laughs> Listen, y'all, Micah. Let's, go over, to, and, on, let's go over to OnlyFans.com. Right? It's Micah B. <laughs> let's go over to Instagram. So in the comments, I made a, like a really inspirational post this uh, the other day, right? And I was just in the mirror, you know, at the gym, flexing a little bit. And then I put like some a Kanye sound over it. And then I put like, when I tell you, I put thought into the post. And it was talking about, you know, knowing your word. It was like, I wrote like three paragraphs, right? Want to hear these comments <laughs> from both the women's and the men's, right? <laughs> My good friend, my good sis Jasmine, she's trolling the hell up. She said, ow! <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know what? She said, you've been showing the legs off in them hoochie daddy shorts. And I said, I'm going to need y'all to message me. I said, get the message of the post. I am not a piece of meat. I am not a piece of meat, Damon. So somebody else was like, hoochie, hashtag hoochie daddy shorts. <laughs> somebody else was like... <laughs> Heart face, heart face, heart, heart emoji, fire, fire emoji. Somebody says, put the cookie sign 
and then the chocolate sign and said <laughs> mines. And then she said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who is that? Micah, who's that? Look, you can go to my comments and see. All Look. I'm saying is, I give respect out in these streets. I don't catcall. I don't do any of that. Okay? That's not me. I don't know nothing about that life. So the only thing that I ask is when I want to show off my legs that I've been working hard on, when I want to show off my thighs that I've been working hard on, even if I want to show a little booty do in my hoochie daddy shorts, let me hoochie daddy in peace. Don't cat call me because I don't do that to you. Hello, my loves. Show me some respect, babies. Mm. See, here's the thing. Y'all, mm. I'm going to tell y'all really quick. Micah is going on with these hoochie daddy shorts. He's going on. <laughs> but I have video ev evidence that even if he was not wearing shorts, <laughs> it might still do what it do. <laughs> You're talking about Gio's birthday. <laughs> so, and the funny thing is, I had it on my story and I didn't realize. I was so appalled. <laughs> so y'all, I was he doing was a like, little hey, dance. And I was like, what, what? I was so appalled, y'all, because I'm going through Portia's stories and like, I'm doing this dance in the street, you know, feeling the liquor a little bit, feeling the little edible or whatever. And then I said, oh my God, because my thing was just like thinging. And I was wearing pants and like, I was just appalled. I was like, can you please take this down? Oh, that's what you say? I don't remember hearing none of that. Yes, I now I did tell you to send it to me, but you notice I didn't post it because I don't want to save it for the archives. It's in the anyway, archives. But, but, the yo, thing, but the thing is, I didn't even realize until I was like, "Wait, what is Michael? What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Okay, okay, bro." <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm turning up. <laughs> For those of you listening and who can't see, I'm like, I'm <laughs> blushing right now. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take this moment <laughs> to go to break. You are listening to Conversations with the Culture, and we will be back after this. What's up, Culture Holics? It's your girl, Portia, and we're going to get right back into some news for you. But while I have you here, I need you to leave a comment and a rate on any of the listening platforms that you're listening on because that helps us in the algorithm. And when you help us in the algorithm, that makes us even more popping than we already are. I mean, we don't need help, but okay, maybe we do need a little bit of help. But like I said, leave a rate, leave a comment, and let's get back to the show. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back <sighs> to the show. That was so unnecessary. That was so unnecessary. Micah wants to heavy sigh because the next topic that we are going to talk about, he is not too excited about. But what I keep telling him is the person that I'm about to talk about, he is just a vessel for the bigger issue or the bigger a vessel for white supremacy. Lord have mercy. Okay. Anyway, so what we're what I'm trying to get at right now, um, earlier this week it was announced that Justin Timberlake, um, 
sold his music catalog for about $400 million. And um, yeah, it was just all over the news. There's been a string of um, musicians and artists selling their I have a question. Catalog. I don't mean to interrupt you. Why did you bring this up when John Legend did it? Why is it that Justin Timberlake does it? Because John Legend did it hella long ago. And we were definitely doing a podcast. And you had nothing to say about it. So when you told us, okay, so I got to call you out, right? I got to call you out. Okay. I got to, I got to, because when I told you about, um, you know, I didn't want to have this conversation because Justin Timberlake is a culture vulture. Um, and I don't appreciate you censoring this culture vulture this week. And then when I told you that he's a misogynist and he may or may not be a racist and how he dealt with Britney Spears and how he dealt with, um, Janet Jackson. And then he didn't really, he didn't really, um, what's the word? He really never apologized until like black Twitter lit his ass up after the Britney Spears and Janet, well, after Janet Jackson, um, after the Super Bowl, every Super Bowl, black people take the moment to light his ass up. And then the Britney Spears doc came out and then they was lighting his up again. And then what happened? He said this, okay? He said this. I just got to read this real quick for the listeners and then we can get into this, but I got to call out BS because you love Justin Timberlake and that's why you're bringing it to the show. But Justin said this, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. You should have been responded. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. You just now figured that out at your big age of 40? Hello? I am appalled. But when John Legend sold his masters, you didn't bring it to here. You didn't feel like it was an important conversation. But now when Mr. Don't be so quick to walk away comes here because he does happy dances and other and other, everything else, now you want to talk about it. Okay. He saved all that. He saved all that. He I it was brilliant. I told you I was about to bang on you, Paul. <laughs> he was... <laughs> I might pass out with that. So anyway, <laughs> um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. With the whole John Legend situation, if you would have let me finish, Kanye, I would have got there. I would have said he was a long list of people that have sold their masters this reason or this year, John Legend included. And it's mm. actually the only reason I brought up Justin Timberlake is because he's you being celebrated. He's being celebrated for selling his catalog, where a lot of people, especially in the black community, we always looked at selling our catalog, selling our masters, doing this and doing that as kind of a negative thing. Rightfully so, because we've worked so hard for this music and sometimes people end up in really bad record deals, music deals. And if they do ever get a hold of their masters or their collection or um, music catalog, you know, it's their legacy. It's their family's legacy. So, um, even that one, uh, I forgot what song it, 
what specific Jay-Z songs it was, but he mentioned about um, Prince having, somebody having Prince's masters. And he said, you think Prince want his masters with his masters? So yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. And the reason why people sell their um, music catalog is necessarily just for tax purposes because they'll get taxed even more in the long run so on and so forth. So realistically, it had 1% to do with Justin Timberlake and all to do about the music industry. But Micah didn't want to hear that point. He just thought that I was trying to bring a white man onto the show. No, you definitely still centered him. You've centered him in the conversation, which is what it is. You love Justin. I don't judge you. Everybody... Um, love is love. It's Pride Month, so hashtag love is love. Um, whew, that was good. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be saying stuff, and then after I say it, I'll be like, yo, that was good. But check it out. Um, there's a lot. There's layers to this. So I could take away that top layer of mayonnaise and then really have this conversation, okay? So <laughs> I think it's big. So yeah, I agree. We a lot of times, like I remember when John Legend did it, and everybody's like, oh my God, why would he do this? Blah, blah, blah. Whoa, 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 whoa. But there's a couple of reasons. One, people aren't buying music anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. People do not buy music. When was the last? What was the last album that you actually bought? I don't even remember. See, that's how long. The last I thing I remember. bought was probably, and it doesn't count because it was vinyl, right? So, like, I don't. I mean, it counts technically, but it doesn't count. Because I do, I collect vinyls more as a hobby. You feel me? It's mm-hmm. not like I'm just like going to iTunes though and buying people's music. What do we do now? We stream. And it's a lot harder for them to make money off of streams than it was when they were making money off of sales. And even when they were making money off of sales, they weren't making that much money off of sales. You feel me? And then a lot of these people don't even write their own music. So they got to, you know, they, they share that money with a lot of different people and all of those things. But I think a bigger issue here that we got to talk about, and I need my people to listen to this. I need the people to watch this. I need you to hear me. Hear what I say. And you can get mad. You can get upset. And I don't say this to scare you. I say this to prepare you. Guys, we're in a recession. We are in a recession. Believe it or not. And not only are we in a recession, but we are not at the bottom of it yet. (laughs) We are nowhere near the bottom of the recession. Oh, we definitely at the door. We're We're at at the the door. door. Yes, we're at the door. door. Um, So we're nowhere near the bottom. (laughs) So I think a lot of people are making moves. They're thinking big picture and they're making moves because you got to remember these, they, they're, they're, if you think your cost of living is high, you got to think about what their cost of living is, right? Yes, they have more money, but they also have more bills. <laughs> they have more assets. <laughs> you feel me? So that $400 million is looking really nice right now because people are going to start preparing for the recession. I look at a lot of these moves that a lot of these artists are doing and a lot of these celebrities are doing as preparation, right? Preparation for what's to come. So... I think you all listening right now, you all need to be prepared as well. 
you should have some type of multiple streams of income. You should have a recession plan. You should have, you know, some emergency fund money. So if that means that you can't brunch every single Saturday this summer, listen, you shouldn't brunch every single day this uh every single Saturday this summer. You does that mean if that means you can't have a crab boil every Sunday? That means maybe you shouldn't have a crab boil every single Sunday. Not the juicy crab. We catching flights, right? All day, every day. Maybe that means you shouldn't be doing that because I'm telling y'all, it's going to get worse. That's not me being gloom and doom, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. So you have to prepare. Because when the government was spending all, sending us all this money and all these PPP loans and all this other stuff, I was like, hold up. This is nice. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Donald. However, I knew that there was going to be a flip side, and we're in that. We're starting to see that flip side now. Um, so Especially yeah, with I these think gas prices and these gas prices—they're projecting gas um, by next month, by Fourth of July weekend, to be nationally the national average to be six dollars a gallon. Listen, $6. I might have to work $1. remote. I don't gallon. know how you work remote working at a restaurant, but I might have to work remote. Um, it's getting crazy, though. These gas prices are set up. It's getting crazy. But no, I think it has to do with a lot. It has to do with just the economy right now. What do you think? 100%. 100%. Um, and that's why I brought it up because mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, well, why why are they celebrating him? I thought this was almost kind of like a negative thing. Like for instance, you're going to be mad, but I'm bringing up uh, some more Mayo melanin people, but uh, Jojo, when she, cause she couldn't get her. Oh, we, we appreciate Jojo because she actually um, respects the culture and she actually gives props to the culture. So we appreciate her. She's not a problematic white person. Who's a culture vulture? Shout out to yeah. JoJo. Well, she's one example, but another example is uh, also uh, T Swift, Taylor Swift. Beautiful gowns. Okay. Beautiful gowns. We're going to um, close it. <laughs> Micah, has le- Micah has left the chat. But both of them have had to re record their yes. first few albums because they couldn't get their hands on the catalogs. And it was something that was very devastating to them. And, um, they just, in order to take that power back, they had to re-record. Um, so I, mean, I just want to know why why is it celebrated when Justin Timberlake does it, but everybody else is like frowned upon? Really? What do you mean, really? Because he's a white man. What do you mean, why? Come on now. I'm just saying. Let's not be, I I'm just saying. Let's not be obtuse, okay? <laughs> He's a white but man, was, of course. That was the main. That was the main reason I brought it up. Um, yeah. But I read. I read an article because I um, not just about him, but just in general, why do artists sell their catalog? And it was just about tax purposes. So, mm-hmm. for instance, you get your royalties over the course of a year. You're taxed on every single one of those, mm-hmm. whereas you get taxed one time when you sell. You get a lump sum of four hundred million. You get taxed one time. That's it. That's it. That's it. So I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. Also, like you said, we are entering a recession, and um, 
people want a nice little nest egg. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, the music industry is dirty. If we're talking really want to be honest. Trifling. I mean, you Trifling. look, we just got we just got so let's talk about some actual people for the culture real quick. Um, so <laughs> like we just got Aaliyah's catalog that was mm-hmm. freed up so we can listen to her music. We just got the rest of Tank's catalog. If you remember, there was a lot of tank music, like um Forces of Nature, where you had um maybe I deserve with uh sex, love, and pain, like those two. We didn't have those for the longest time because they were being held up by in litigation, held up by Blackground Records. Um, even Timbaland and Magoo, we didn't have that. There's a lot of music that we didn't have, and it's like, you know, I so I get on one hand, I get on one hand that it's like, okay, you want to own your stuff, but then also I understand selling your stuff when you need that coinage, right? Especially when you start doing other stuff. Um, as much as I don't like that culture vulture as much as I don't like that, you know, whatever we want to call him, Justin isn't just music anymore. So he can afford to sell his catalog and he's still going to make a bag. Um, John Legend is not just music. He's out here pro- being a executive producer on shows, producing movies, like he's doing other things. So I feel like, um, I think that is what's really important. And that's what our listeners can take away too is, Make sure that you're diverse. Make sure Mm -hmm. that you have multiple things that you can do. So when one river, when one stream drives up, you can go ahead and you can tap into that next stream. That's why having multiple streams of income is so important. So you don't have to be a full-time entrepreneur or nothing like that. Me and Mark uh, Coley, we talked about that on Tuesday. If you guys didn't listen to that, listen, you need to go back and listen to that. There were some awesome gems for you to take, but you don't have to be... uh, entrepreneur or full-time entrepreneur but you do have to have multiple streams of income because if you don't have multiple streams of income you're going to fail um and if you don't i mean we live in a world now where everybody is one check away from being homeless hello 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 so and that's also one thing i also want to point out is that doesn't mean that they're never going to make music again that doesn't right. mean that they're not going to come out with Adam like albums and stuff like that. John Legend can easily just came out rebuild. With something. Yeah, John Legend just came out with something. He can easily rebuild a new catalog. JT, he can easily rebuild a new catalog. <laughs> Listen. Also, before we end, before we wrap this up and this up, um, I want to say. I appreciate Justin Timberlake's music, but if I'm going to stand one Justin, it's going to be Justin Bieber. And I know that's still probably problematic as hell too, but still. Not I, I problematic. Prefer, I, I prefer the Biebs than the Tim the Timberlake. But I gotta I can't I can't just throw Justin Timberlake to the side because he was a part of NSYNC and I love NSYNC. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with mm. NSYNC. I got a They were victimized. They were victimized as well, okay, by Justin Timberlake. And yet you're still loving him. I got a question for you, Portia. What's the question? Are you done centering that culture vulture? Can I move on? Let's move on. Thank you. All right. So now back to conversations for the culture. Um, (laughs) Donna Sports, y'all. Donna Sports was started by rapper 
um, Kanye West. Um, he also employs, you know, that dude who can't find a job, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has a position with the company. I guess that's what he does now. So, yeah, Donna Sports. Donna Sports. Donna Sports. They have two athletes that they've signed. That's wild. And these athletes aren't just like, you know, you know the, the eighth or ninth person. Yeah, the, a rookie or the eighth or ninth person off of the bench, right? These are big time athletes. So one is the Los Angeles Rams, the Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams left tackle. Aaron Donald, like the dude's a beast, one of the best in the league, right? Best in the NFL. Um, and then the other is Boston Celtics player, Jalen Brown. I mean, oh, hold, on, I hold mean, on. Boston Celtics player, Jalen Brown, who's in the NBA Finals, who beats your Miami Heat because you've been saying Miami Heat, Miami Heat, Miami Heat. And I remember I came on the show and I was very sad. I was very just dejected over what happened to my boy LeBron James, right? And you were laughing. You were. I was making... not laughing. We can go back and watch the tape. Run, run the tapes okay. back. You run were back. You run them back. You were not showing me any type of sympathy, any type of empathy. But that's okay because your boy. Not only did the Miami Heat lose, but they lost. Because your boy Jimmy Butler did the most asinine thing. See, some people think that they're the guy when they're not the guy. He, they were down by two. All he had to do was drive, kick it in the, kick it into the paint, drive or kick it into the paint. Now I get it that he didn't kick it in the paint because he wanted to get the last shot. And I respect that. But for him to pull up from behind the arc, like he did, like his name was Wardell Stephen Curry <laughs> for him to pull up like he was Clay Thompson, for him to pull up like he was any other three-point assassin, and I hate to say it, it like he thought he was Kevin Slytherin Snake Durant. For him to pull up and shoot that three with like six seconds left on the clock makes no sense to me. He's somebody who will never be signed to Donna Sports because Donna Sports only signs winners. They only sign champions. Okay. I know you not. Okay. They only sign champions. Are you done? What? Are you done? I am. You can retort, but this is about Jalen Brown and, um, and, and, and Aaron Donald. There. I only we go, said we, that we because you booed Jalen Brown. But I will we, let We're going to get there. Actually, okay. I, I didn't really boo Jalen. I, I, I like Jalen. I, I think he's a fantastic player. I just don't like the Celtics. And they race his ass. When you just talked about talk about somebody being racist, let's talk about the Boston Celtics being racist. But Brian anyway. Racist. Pat Riley's a racist. Oop. Okay. I fully agree with you. Okay. But I'm I'm not just like you're not that really there for the Lakers. You're just there for LeBron. I'm mm-hmm. not really there for the Heat. I'm there for Jimmy. And let me tell you something. You're just like you make excuses. Just like you make excuses for Lebanon, James. I'm oh, come out. To... You cannot put Jimmy and LeBron in the same sentence. I'm not. How many I, times? Wait, listen, wait, wait. How many times listen. has Jimmy won a championship? Zero. How many times has he won an MVP? Zero. He barely just started making the. 
the 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 all-star games do not mention lebron in the same breath that you meant you will not blaspheme the name of lebron raymond james okay they <laughs> should not be really named in the same sentence anyway anyway just talk about jimmy without mentioning made- lebron he made he Jimmy Keep made my favorite player's <laughs> name out your effing mouth. Keep um. my favorite player's <laughs> name out your effing mouth. Listen, I just dropped all my keys. Um. <sighs> You can go. Hold on. First of all, first of all, Jimmy did that pull up three. And while I do not agree with that decision that he made, that was not something that was technically out of the ordinary for him. He has been known to do some buzzer buzzer beaters and succeed. He's done it plenty of times on the Miami Heat. He's done it on the Bulls. He's done it on the Timberwolves. He's did it. He's done He's done it in Philly. He's done it plenty of times, and it was successful. Would I have done it with something as big on the line as the East Conference Finals? No. So with that, I agree with you. However, that wasn't something out of the ordinary. Next. My main concern is Jimmy played all 40 minutes from one, the as soon as the clock was 10, 12 minutes on the clock first quarter to the very last second in the fourth, he was on that court. Did he have a mild lapse in judgment? Maybe because he was exhausted. You playing 45 minutes on a court and you had to do everything? Because let's be honest, let's be honest, it would have been a blowout if Jimmy was not on that court the whole entire time. Not you not doing the snoring. I can't. Check it out. We're not talking about Jimmy, okay? I know you love him. I know, I know, I understand. But we're talking about this black let's celebrate a winner okay so we're talking about he ain't winning yet we're talking about no i'm talking about down to sports okay thank you very much let's get into the topic okay um let's talk about down to sports okay and let's talk about how they are out here signing big names like they really are kanye west is out here like his first those are your first two like both of those people know Jalen brown if you watch the nba you know Jalen brown if you watch the nfl you know aaron donald those are really great first gets. Um, what do you think? Do you think Donna Sports has uh, a chance, an opportunity to be a big sports agency, kind of like Clutch Sports? Shout out to Clutch. Yeah, because you just signed two heavy hitters, 100%. So that's half the battle right there. Mm-hmm. If you just signed like a rookie or someone that was maybe like a top draft pick. Yeah, you would even have you would even have a little bit of steam coming your way that way as well. But the mm-hmm. fact that you already have established players on your roster 
that's just appealing. That's almost like, I call it the monkey see, monkey do effect. So especially if you treat your clients well, if you cheat, if they treat um, Jalen Brown really well, if they treat, what's his name? I don't watch Aaron football. Donald. Aaron Donald really well, <clears throat> then obviously word of mouth, they're going to tell other people. And then other people are like, you know what? Let me think about this. Let me, let me, let me rethink where I'm at right, right. now. Who's my agent? And then the glitz and the glint, the glitz and the glamour. You're with Kanye West. You're with Donda. Right there. That's what it is. Right there. That's going to that already puts the superstar flash, the superstar mm -hmm. effect on mm -hmm. it. So yeah, that's right out of the gate right now. So I feel like clutch sports, rock nation sports, they got some competition for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna take another break. This has been fun. Um, how you feeling? You good? I'm feeling I'm feeling attacked, but besides That's that, fine. you'll I be feel, fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. fine. Okay. I think just breathe in, breathe out. We good. You listen to conversations with the culture. We will be back after this. Ooh, this hold up. Wait. Nah, for real. Hold up, wait, check this out. I need you guys to go to www.kingsarise.com. That's www.kingsarise.com. That's my clothing line, Kings Arise Clothing, where we provide clothes that speak. We empower and uplift the black community with our message. I just want you to go check it out. We got a lot of dope gear. And if you use the promo code CONVOS, that's C-O-N-V-O-S, you get 10% off your order. All right, back to the show all right y'all welcome back welcome welcome back y'all heard the commercial go get some kings arise we just dropped the juneteenth gear so juneteenth is right around the corner so y'all need to get that get yes. that www.kingsarise.com let's do it so yeah I was getting cursed out during the commercial too. I just want I just want y'all to know. And but just anyway, to let you know, it wasn't just by me. Everybody wanna hate Jimmy Butler, and I don't understand. But anyway, we're done. We're done talking about that conversation. So we're oh, about God. to move it on. We're about to move on to some other news. Um now a guilty pleasure of mine, you culture holics might not know, is I watched The Bachelor. I know. I know, I know. Y'all ain't gotta say nothing else. Y'all ain't gotta say nothing else because I know, That's I know. A cute okay? show. But it be, it be. Listen, the pandemic then drew, then then pulled me in. It then pulled me in. I started watching it during the pandemic, and now, now I can't stop. Um, but in Bachelor Nation news, Becca K. Wait, she, is that what they call it? Bachelor Nation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bachelor Nation, yeah. And Bachelor Nation News, Becca K proposed to her boyfriend of a year, 
I think it's like a year officially now because they were on Paradise together last season. Um, Thomas, I didn't think it would last. I didn't think it would happen. But Thomas and Becca are engaged, and Becca proposed to Thomas. That I'm weirds me picture. out. I'm looking at this engagement picture that you sent me. Um, mm-hmm. Thomas's family, right? He is partial family. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm just trying to connect the dots. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, Justin first, and now Thomas. I'm like, what is, what is this turning? What is this turning into? Next week, we're going to be talking about, you know, Adam Lambert or somebody. Um, Not Adam but- <laughs> Lambert. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, Thomas. <laughs> So yeah, she proposed to her husband Tom or her fiance Thomas. Now, um, I'm just I'm more surprised at the fact that she proposed to him. And not to say that women cannot propose to men because they definitely can. It's it's not my forte. It's personally not something I want to do. Um, but it mm. seems like he was down with it. He said he enjoyed the power move and the boss babe energy. Um, and he can't wait to deal with that for the rest of their lives together. It's a little weird to me. Hashtag he said yes. Hashtag he said yes. Um, I am not about the demasculation of men especially oh, black men but oh lord it's a little weird it's a little weird but you know i'm gonna let becca and thomas be great um anyway stan michelle and nate because they are the first black couple in bachelor nation so That's all I'm gonna say. Well, not the first, but the first engaged black couple in Bachelor Nation from a show. Um, yeah. How do you feel about this, Micah? Would you want a woman to propose to you? No. Why not? Just want it. So you you want to do the proposing? Probably you so. Want to? Yeah. Probably so. I like to take the lead in anything that I do. So, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. It's just like it's kind of weird to. Um, this reminds me of another story I saw this week where a uh, former NFL player, Ricky Williams, um, he took his wife's last name. Um, real quick. First of all, this picture of them was definitely giving me like it's Toby giving it out. It was giving Get Out. It was giving Toby and Masters. It was like, whoa. The keys, Rose. It was giving was like, the keys, what? Rose. I need the keys. Yeah, I was like, what in the Mississippi burning is going on? But, um, yeah, so basically Ricky said that he wanted to. So now he goes by Eric Marone, um, taking the surname of his spouse, Linnea, Linnea. I don't know how you say her name, Marone, um, and going back to his birth name, Eric. Um, he said he made a change a year ago. He said, I found that that's been really powerful in creating ease and intimacy and trust in my relationship. Um, he said that fame took away from the attention on his wife 
and in their inner social circles. He said, people kind of forget that she exists. So there's an imbalance in our relationship. One of the ideas that popped into my mind was I could take her last name. I think it's cool. It's somewhere where we can both win. So you have, what's her name? Becca? Becky? Becca. Becca with the good hair who proposed (laughs) to... I'm on fire today, y'all. Becca who proposed to Thomas and then... Ricky Williams, formerly the art, the the player formerly known as Ricky Williams, who's now known as Eric Marone. Who, That's a white ass name. Anyway. <laughs> it really is. Uh, who took his wife's last name? So, one thing that you said earlier, and I was like, mm, you know, you talked about the demasculization of black men, whatever that is, right? We'll unpack that at some point. Um, but then it's like we have these conversations maybe around, and I don't know where I stand on all of this. I don't think I like it, but at the same time, it's like, if we say that we want to, if women, okay, say that you don't appreciate certain gender roles, this, that, and the other, then you should also be okay with a man being proposed to by a woman and a man taking the wife's last name. In the same manner, because if not, then we can say, well, then as the woman, you're, you should do the traditional because we're going back to traditionalism, right? We have these right. thoughts. And like I said, I'm not saying that this is what I believe. I'm just throwing this out here and figuring it out as I talk, right? So we yeah. could say we don't like the traditionalism, right? And then when this happens, it seems like we do like the traditionalism. So does that mean that the woman should go back to being a traditional woman? And instead of working, she should be tending to the home. She should be cooking. She should be cleaning. She should be taking care of the kids and allow the man to go out there and do the work. You feel me? Like, yeah, no. And I agree 100% with you because a part of me, a part of me is just definitely like, no, women can do way more than just housework and all this other stuff. And, um, we can have jobs. We can be businesswomen on top of taking care of home and doing womanly things. Mm-hmm. But there is a part of me, and I don't know if that's growing up as a child and being put into gender roles or what mm-hmm. what have you, maybe unconditionalized uncondi- misogyny, I don't know. But it, it's just something about it that just does not sit well with me personally. With so do me. you say, would you say it's fair for to say that sometimes, many times, we rest in our own hypocrisies? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's fair. Um, because everyone... The the more that we advance in society, the more we have to unpack and we have to unlearn. And sometimes mm. things aren't always going to be perfect or we're not going to get it right away. And that's okay. Just as long as you recognize it and say, hey, I'm going to try to fix this idea. I'm going to try and fix this problem that I feel like this is wrong or I feel like this should be different. As long as you're progressing, 
that that is all that matters. Mike Todd always says progression over perfection. So I like that. I like that. Okay, so Culturalics, let us know. Go to our Instagram page, right? And um, I made a post about this. Let me know. Would you be okay with your man? Or, you know, would you be okay with this type of situation, right? Would you be okay with that, with this type of situation? Let us know in the comments. Um, I'm very interested. Or you could just hit us in the DMs as well, right? If you're listening to this, shoot us a DM and, like, we could probably even share your thoughts on the um, on air next week, right? On next week's podcast. All right, so I want to shift a little bit, and you know, believe it or not, even though I got so much smoke for um, a lot of smoke for Portia this week, right? A lot of smoke for mm-hmm. her this week. Protect black women, my ass. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> well, everybody knows I protect black women in real life, right? In real time. He does. How? He does. How? ever this one right here is hard to navigate and we got a lot of stuff we got a lot of work to do on this one okay i feel like somebody's gonna cancel me after i share my thoughts on this i really do hold on my my one my 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 good friend just texted me let me i'm glad i'm on um do not disturb recording the podcast we're gonna leave this in i will Hits you up after. That's my good brother. That was my good. Huh? I was going to say, are they asking you about Hoochie Daddy shorts? No, that was Blake. Um, Shout out to Blake Martin. We're going to get him on the show here soon. Um, Go check his book out, Baggage Claim. Awesome book. Um, Black men, if you're listening, you need this. It's about unpacking trauma, right? A lot of y'all need to do it because that's why you're... (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) this next segment, this next topic is crazy because I don't want to come off as I am not supporting a black woman. However, Monique is very hard to support at times. So this past weekend, there was a um, incident that happened at a show at the Fox, the acclaimed Fox Theater in Detroit, where she was on the program. And D.L. Hughley was on the program. Now, there was some miscommunication. I feel like maybe this was a promoter thing. So maybe both parties should have aired their grievances out with the promoter, right? However, that didn't happen. And Monique took it to the stage. And here's what she had to say. A headliner. That's what the motherfucking contract says. Monique is to be the last motherfucking person on the goddamn stage. She is the headliner. That's what I signed the fuck up for. I'm 30 plus years in this motherfucking business and I don't open for no goddamn body. The contract said the headliner. The contract said the headliner. The contract said the headliner. But a nigga named Dio Hughley turned into a bitch and said I won't perform if she does that. Won't go out if she does that. Nigga, you open for the kings of comedy. I close for the queens of comedy, nigga. And you think that I don't have a dick that ain't my position, nigga. So when I leave this motherfucker, the headliner has left. With nobody, I don't fuck with no 
motherfucking body. But when you cross the line with me, nigga, you have crossed the motherfucking line. And that bitch, nigga, has crossed the motherfucking line. See, we got a history, nigga. We got a history. That nigga went on a tour talking about all Monique wasn't. You can Google it right now. D.L. Hughley on Monique, all I wasn't, what I wasn't worth, all of this bullshit. And nigga, you put your feet under my motherfucking table. So you came to my home, nigga, and you put your feet under my motherfucking table. I don't get down like that, goddammit. You got a bitch wrong. You talk about Young Thug, and cause of they names, nigga, your name is D.L. What the fuck does it stand for? Yeah. How far you bending over, nigga, on the D.L.? You fuck with the wrong one. Woo! Auntie said what she said. As you just heard, she talked about DL not protecting black women, DL being a BAN. Okay. So if you guys did your homework assignment last week, you know what a BAN is. Um, she talked about his wife. She talked about him. She alluded, she, which is very dangerous, right? Um, especially since she was in the movie like Blackbird, um, which was about like <laughs> it's just crazy, which was about equality and it was about her son being gay and going through that, right? It was a supposedly LGBTQ friendly, and she was, you know, really down with the community and all of that. But then she sat on this stage and weaponized sexuality, right? And alluded that D.L. Hughley was gay because she said, what does that D.L. stand for, right? Like, so <laughs> before we get into this, okay, now I'm going to play what D.L. had to say on his radio show. So here's his response. And now I know what Tyler Perry knows. I know what Lee Daniels knows. I know what Oprah knows. I know what Steve Harvey knows. I know what Charlemagne the God knows. I know what Netflix knows. Saying yes to Monique is an occupational hazard. The oldest trick in the world is if I want to change the order and I don't have merit, I'll try to make people wait so long that everybody gets nervous and go, please, just, just go on so we, we can avoid a conflict. That didn't happen. Monique got on stage. Monique actually felt like she had merit. She would have done one of three things. Either she would have took it up with the promoter, and she did, and the promoter said, we're going on, and whether you're going or not, that's a different thing. You would have not done it, but she knew she had to be on stage or she would have been in breach of contract or she would have come to talk to me. She didn't ever, and I and I, I emphatically emphasize this, she never once talked to me. I, you proceeded to assault my sexuality. You have the temerity to assault someone's sexuality, a man's sexuality, given who you lay next to. You tried to weaponize black femininity. You tried to turn that audience against me. You tried to burn everything down. Like you do all the time. Who calls Netflix and thinks I can get $10 million because I did the Queens of Comedy? Who thinks you can get on stage and still live off that? I was a king of comedy. You never hear me talking about it because in this business, like any other, it isn't what you have done, it's what you do. But when you do the things you do, when everything's about you, when you're vitriolic, when you have all these fights with all of these entities, it is you. Precious was not a movie. Precious was an autobiography. That is who you are, literally. You, you mad at the contract you and daddy wrote? Your daddy? And I don't know why you call a man daddy and you pay for him. That's a son. Let's be clear. When you burn and you destroy and you wreck, you are not a queen of comedy. You're a queen of ashes. 
And while you, I'm going to go back to work and you get back to your kingdom of smoke. That's a little note from the GED section. We got the Jazz Report coming up in 15 minutes. It's the D.L. Hewitt Show. You just heard D.L.'s response. In, in here, he talked about <laughs> some of the things that really put <laughs> stood out to me in this. Now, the full video, you could go to his Instagram page and see it. It's like a seven-minute video uh, for brevity's sake. Uh, we didn't play it all on here, but some things that I put into the uh, in that replay right there to let you guys hear, he talked about how the contracts say one thing. And we'll get into the contracts in a minute, okay? Uh, he talks about the contracts. He also talked about how she's a bully. He said that the character in Precious is not acting. That's her in real life. Uh, he called, and then <laughs> and then he alluded to, no, not alluded. He said that it's your fault. He's like, don't blame me. It's you and your daddy's fault. For those of you who don't know, um, she calls her husband, Sydney daddy. And then he said, it's funny that you would question my sexuality knowing who you lay down with every single night. <laughs> so then he returned and questioned <laughs> Sydney's sexuality. It's a lot going on. But what I need to do, I what I need everybody to do is stop weaponizing people's sexuality when you're in disputes with people, right? So that's because that goes back to the toxic culture, and then that's why we'll talk about it. Whew. Now, DL posted, um, he posted some also when he first gave his first thing, he said he was the headliner. He said that he was the highest paid artist on the show. He has said that he was the artist to approve the lineup. Um, he, you know, he talked his stuff and then at the end of it, he signed it Daryl Lynn Hughley. So now we know what DL stands for. Daryl Lynn Hughley. <laughs> Mighty Jesus, not down low. Just throwing that out there. Now, he posted some receipts of him being the headliner of his contract showing that he was highest paid. Then Monique posted something that showed that she was. So either there's a couple of things that probably happened here. One, the promoter played them both. Right? 100%. And then didn't want to own it. Two, because now Monique's thing kind of does look like it could have been doctored by her daddy. Okay? So that could be a thing. Three, Monique was supposed to be the headliner. And then DL politicked his way to become the headliner. Mm. Now there is bad blood between the two because DL has made comments about her when she was, you know, in her dispute with Oprah and her dispute with Lee Daniels and her dispute with Tyler Perry, her dispute with Adele, uh, not Adele Gibbons, with the um um Cheryl Underwood, Cheryl was Cheryl Underwood, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean. A couple like a month or so ago, we talked about Monique never lying, but this is a lot. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is 1000% behind um DL Hughley, she's made that clear. Uh, she being she's in these comments and everything, um, supporting DL Hughley, talking about like pretty much Monique doesn't know how um contracts work and all of these things. It's a lot. What are your thoughts? Who's right? Who's wrong? It sounds like 
it's a combination of they're both wrong, both right, hmm. but the the credibility is leaning towards DL Hughley. And that hurts because Monique has been through so much. She has, in the proper term, been gaslight, gaslighted um, in her blackballed in her career. And I mean, for this for this situation, I feel like now she feels like she's been vindicated. And people have apologized and she is getting her roles back. But now it's almost like, oh, well, now I can act, I could, I could act a fool. And no, that's not what that means. That's not what that means. I don't mm. I don't know. But nobody really knows the truth. There's three sides to every story. There's her side, his side, and then the actual truth. Right. So um it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say because who's to say that you're not completely 100% correct in the fact that it was the promoter that lied to both of them. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I would believe that 100% because these promoters out here are shisty as hell. Hmm. And, you know, or it's very plausible that Monique giving the fact that she has come back into the fold, come back into the limelight. She was the headliner and GL Hughley was like, eh, no, I'm better. And I'll bring more people to the seats. And the promoter was like, well, I guess you're right. And then gave it to her on the low. So I feel like there was something, something shady, something shisty happened. Right. Something. Um, but it's hard to say who's right and who's wrong. Now I don't think. All right, so let's let's unpack this more. So when it comes to who's been consistently consistently on the comedy circuit, it's D.L. Hughley without a doubt. Correct. Now who is funnier? It's Monique without a doubt. I personally don't think D.L. Hughley is funny. Nowadays, when I think of D.L. Hughley, I think of social and political commentary. That's it. Facts. I don't think, let me go watch this D.L. Oh, my God. I'm not like, oh, my God, D.L. Hughley has a new Netflix special. No, that's not happening. But if I want to hear his thoughts on, you know, a white man who decides to go ruin the lives of eight families because he wants to go and you know, be a white supremacist and kill black people. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what D.L. Hughley said about this on his radio show, right? Because mm -hmm. I love he does wake up a lot of thought-provoking conversations, but it's not for comedy. I don't see him as a comedian. That's me. So she was right when she said that he's opened up for the kings of comedy. Like, everybody skips D.L.'s um, <laughs> kings of comedy bit, but she definitely was the funniest. She definitely headlined the Queens of Comedy. So that can't be disputed. But on the flip side, she hasn't been doing this. She hasn't been on the circuit. She has, but she hasn't, right? She hasn't been in the forefront. And also, I think now her comedy, I don't feel like she's 
as funny as she used to be because a lot of her comedy comes off not that funny and just I'm angry and I'm bitter. And I hate that I had to just say that because then people are like, oh, he's on the podcast saying that black women are bitter. Ooh. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you what it is. I'm calling a spade a spade. I'm calling you to saying what I see. And that's what I see. When I'm from every clip that I see of her, never, none of her comedy stuff like goes viral unless it's like her telling people to suck her dick or calling this person that whatever, whatever, whatever. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. But is that necessarily her fault, though? Yeah, that is her fault. Be, is I it mean, her fault that she's not no funny anymore? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but maybe it's because it's... I don't want to say she's out of practice, but maybe it's because she wasn't... I don't know where I was going with it. Continue. She's been doing comedy. Let's let's not make that. It just hasn't been at a mainstream level. So it's not like yeah. for the past eight years, she wasn't on nobody's stage. She was still doing stuff. Remember, she was doing stuff, and that's why she wanted that Netflix special deal. That um, they didn't want to give her. Because right. they said she wasn't funny. But she is funny. Kind of. When was the last time you watched us, uh, Monique's stand-up comedy, Portia? Exactly. I don't think I've ever seen uh, her do stand-up. Honestly. It's funny. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't know when I watched it, but I did watch her stand-up when she performed at that women's jail. Mm. That was a good stand-up one. I don't know. Um, we're gonna definitely keep an eye on this because it's a very interesting um it's very interesting. But what I need them both to do at their big ages, like they got hella gray. Like not they it, got hella gray. They got hella gray, <laughs> and they're acting like some damn kids. Like I need them. That's to with a lot of adults right now. I need a <laughs> lot of people in our boomer generation to grow the hell up. Yeah, you're too old to be back and forth like this. Y'all are too old. Y'all look like somebody's granny and granddaddy. Am they I lying? Somebody's granny and granddaddy. They are, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna need y'all. I'm gonna need y'all to do better. Y'all too old for this. So listen, Uncle DL, Auntie Mo, I need you to heal my loves. <laughs> I need you to heal my loves because you got babies out here who's looking at you. <laughs> I need you to heal my loves. Also. When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. That part. That part. All right, y'all. So we're going to take one last break, and then we're going to get to the really serious topic of the day, the serious topic of the day. So you are listening to Conversations for the Culture, and we will be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is I, Ruby Barker, but you may know me as Miss Muni Thompson from Bridgerton. How are you? How are you really, though? You know, I am better. 
I've been really unwell for a really long time. Um, and I just want to be honest with everybody. I have been struggling, you know. Um, so I'm in hospital at the minute and I'm going to get discharged soon and hopefully get to continue, you know, with my life. I'm going to take a little bit of a break for myself and I want to encourage others, you know, if you are struggling, please do yourself a favour, take a break, stop being so hard on yourself. And people used to always tell me not to be so hard on myself and I never really really knew what that meant what does that really mean to stop being hard on yourself or to love yourself you hear these terms you hear these buzzwords catchphrases and the world can be such a confusing place and you're trying to do you at the same time as having all these existential threats you know it is mad out here it is mad you know and sometimes you just got to take a break and you've got to say I can't do this right now. I need support. And 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 that's basically where I've got to. I haven't hit rock bottom. I'm on new heights. And we really need to change the the dialogue, you know, and and think about our lin- linguistics when we're actually talking about mental health because people want to have these conversations. Yeah, but they don't really know how to even have a conversation. And I get that because I was one of these people just rage-filled, frustrated, angry, you know, all this intergenerational trauma bundled up inside me and I was carrying the weight of the world on my back and now I'm at a point where I have a diagnosis and I will talk to you about that at another time but I have a diagnosis and I am relinquishing myself and forgiving myself and drawing a line in the sand. All right, you guys just heard a clip from um, Bridgerton star. <laughs> that's a terrible accent. Uh, Bridgerton star Ruby Barker. Um, you watch Bridgerton, portion? Yes. You know who Ruby is? I don't know her by her st- her her actor name. Okay. But oh, you, hey man, you, you, <laughs> you didn't so you didn't go look at the article. But that's cool. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just asking. No, I looked at the article, but oh. before I just didn't know her by her like actual her name. No, what yeah. I'm saying, do you know who that? Who is she? Like a main character? On, I've never seen Bridgerton. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She is a main character. Yes. Okay, so she's. I'm asking for a reason. So she makes a lot of money, quote unquote, a lot of money, right? She has yeah. fame, right? Yes, Bridgerton is one of the biggest Netflix shows ever, right? For not ever, okay. um, but within the last two, three years, yes. Okay, I asked all that to say. Ask, speaking of Netflix ask, shows, ask, speaking Stranger of Netflix, Things, Stranger Things is out, but and before we get into the serious, serious topic, I have to say, I need them to do better because. I was very disappointed in the way they light, they lit Caleb McLaughlin this year. He plays Lucas. Have you noticed the lighting on him is poor? It's very. It's terrible. The whole entire show. Dark as my shirt. (laughs) This man. And it doesn't matter if it's. It doesn't matter if he's black. Because at first I said, well, you know, it's because you know the 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 show was kind of moody, you know. But even in places like when they were in the kitchen, right? 
when they were in the kitchen, he was still very dark. In the basketball, mm-hmm. on the basketball court, in the gym, he was still very dark. I need them to start lighting my young brother up a little bit. But I'm not saying weird. lightening. I don't mean lightening him, but the way that black people are often lit in TV shows and in films, like they're not lit correctly, just like they're not photo- photographed correctly. But which, which is weird. I don't know if that was done purposely or not because this is the first season that it's his, looked like this. It's the first season that it looked like that. Yes, and they didn't do his little sister Erica like that. They didn't do the um the other black guy basketball, that had yeah. a small yeah the other basketball player. They didn't look like that. So I don't know why Lucas looked like that. I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed it then. <laughs> no, yeah, homeboy was looking real crispy. And I was like, I know Lucas is dark skinned, but he come yeah. on now, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> come I, on. I, I know he a chocolate, I know he a dark chocolate brother, but come on. And you can you can display that, but I just felt like it wasn't displayed correctly. So yeah, do better, Duffer Brothers. Um, but Stranger Things new season, ugh, Chef's Kiss. Fire. All right. Bye. Yeah. So let's talk about this, all right? So Ruby Barker, uh, she checked herself into a medical facility. So shout out to her. Shout out to people who really care about um, their mental health. She's 25 years old also, right? And she says, mm-hmm. I have been uh, really unwell for a really long time. I want to be honest with any, with everyone. I have been struggling. Um, she said, I'm going to take a little bit of a break for myself, and I want to encourage others. If you are struggling, do yourself a favor and take a break. Stop being so hard on yourself. She talked about that she was rage-filled, and she talked about how she had intergenerational trauma, generational cycles, y'all, bundled up inside of her. Uh, She said, I was carrying the weight of the world on my back, and now I am at a point where I can have a diagnosis. I can't carry on the way that I was. I need to change, so that is what I am trying to do. I want to survive and I will survive. I'm going to, man, I, first of all, I commend her for that. Cause that's very brave. Um, and for her to get this and be in this place at 25, I wish I did that at age 25. Um, for sure. It's a beautiful thing that she's doing that. So I'm sending my thoughts and prayers to her and anybody who's struggling, anybody listening to this struggling with any mental health issues. Uh, what did you think about when you first, uh, you know, when you first saw the story? Well, when I first saw the story, I thought it had something had happened on set um, mm. because the fact that they just like they. But, you know, click late. I can't talk today. Click. Click. Yes. They, you know, they lead with, oh, she's on Bridgerton, blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, okay, so what happened? But then I realized that it was just her mental health. And I was like, okay. I was like, I get that. I understand. And then when everything that she said just made sense, because that's something that anybody can deal with. Or anybody can relate to. Like, I can 100% relate to everything that she said in the article. You can relate to everything that she said in the article. But we also have to add on the fact that not only is she dealing with those issues, but she's also dealing with fame. Mm. Being on a number one 
streamed show. That's real. And so now you're dealing with all generational trauma with generational curses on top of just normal fame, fortune, attention, eyes on you. You can't mess up. You are a role model to young children. And well, even though young children don't really watch the show, but or shouldn't watch the show. I get what you I get what you're saying. Don't watch the show. <laughs> but, but um yeah. Mm. So yeah. I applaud her. I definitely commend her for everything that she's doing. So do I. Big shout out to her. And it's crazy. Um, I can identify with her so much just as we go through our mental health journeys, right? Um is important. It's important to talk talk through it and talk through childhood traumas, not only childhood traumas, but also adulthood traumas. And a lot of mm-hmm. us have um adulthood traumas that we don't that we don't address, things that are put on us, things that are said, things that, you know, relationships, all these things. And then when we don't deal with them, they end up claiming, they they end up taking hold, they end up having too much room. Uh, in our lives. And then that affects, you know, everything it affects our, the way we show up for ourselves, which affects the way we show up to our relationships, to our friendships, to even our personal, you know, our jobs, our businesses, all of that type of stuff. Um, mental health is serious, y'all. Y'all got to do it. Um, I can speak on it to even like I've had, you know, I've always talked about my mental health issues, whether it's, you know, stuff from the army, stuff through, you know, childhood traumas, molestation, like all of that type of stuff. And I think we as a community have to continue to unpack this thing for us to make safe spaces when it comes to mental health. And I still feel like we're not at a place where we make this a safe place, right? I still feel like as a community, we do things like demonize people. Uh, We sit there, we ridicule people, we make fun of everybody, everything's a joke. And then when something happens and somebody commits suicide, (laughs) trigger warning, um suddenly it's like oh my god check on your strong friends but like no like you should have waited till I something hear one more check on, check on your strong, strong friend i hate it and it's so easy to um mm. all right let's just, this this should make for some good uh <laughs> this should make for some good content y'all all right so it's easy to get to a place where you um you know, like you just want to throw in, quote unquote, throw in a towel, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to get to a place where you just want to quit, where you just want to say, you know what, F this. Uh, so in the spirit of Pride Month, let's talk about it, right? Let's open up Pandora's box. I don't know what that means. Uh-oh. I just know people always talk about Pandora's box, right? So it's a series of unfortunate events. Oh, that's what when that means? The bo- when the box opened, it was a oh. lot of bad things happened. Yeah. Who's Pandora, though? I don't know that much of the story. I'm gonna right. be honest with you. <laughs> so here we go, okay? Um a goddess. Lizzie said a goddess. A goddess. Okay. Thank you, okay. Lizzie. Thank you. Thank you, producer Lizzie. Thank you, Lizzie. All right. So there are, you know, some people, you know, people be like, me, I'm a I'm I'm I wouldn't say that I'm a I'm a secretive person, right? Um, I'm just a private person, right? Um, and that's what it is. It is what it is. You unpack it how you unpack it, right? 
Um, I think I'm still unpacking it even. But anybody who knows me, they know what's, what's the deal, right? They've seen me be with a woman before. They've seen me be with a man before. Shocked, right? Um, but for the longest, <laughs> for the longest that was, time, that was though, supposed to be shock. Was that shock? Um, but for the longest time, it was like I'd had to play this game of like, oh my god, I don't, I because you know we grow up as black people, we grow up in two different ways. One is the black community, the black community as a whole does not support anything, quote unquote, gay. Right? It's just like we don't like that unless it's somebody who's singing in your church uh, or doing your hair, and then it's like, oh, that's my best friend. <sighs> that's the thing. Um, secondly, then you have church culture that's really against it, right? They're like, oh my God, the gays are going to hell. You're all burning in hell with gasoline draws on. Um, You're going to pray the gay out of you. Pray the gay away. And all the while you have, you know, pastors preaching against it who are doing it and are molesting people. Talk about that. Wake that up. All the while you have people who are in, you know, same sex relationships who are happy, healthy, and whole. And if we're being honest, they're, they are more Christ-like than some of the people who are married to, you know, traditionally married. And, um, but they're out here beating on, beating on each other, cheating on each other, just nasty people in general. Right. But we grow up in this way. So I grew up like that. Both of my parents are pastors and everything. And so it's like, this is not what you're supposed to do. So for the longest time, I was like, well, even though I have these feelings, even though I have these thoughts, whatever, right? Um, I can't act on it. So, you know, let me just deal with just strictly women. Um, and that's the thing. So imagine having to grow up and live and go through adulthood. And it's like, who I feel like I really am, I can't be because I have to conform, right? So all of the mental anguish that goes on. And then imagine like having potential, like really dope relationships that you could have had, right? Potential, mm -hmm. really dope, you know, just like I said, relationships that you could have had, but you can't have them because you know, you're like, oh, if I post this person, then I'm going to get judged. If I post this person, people are going to say this. And then now you're into your 30s and you're like, damn, I'm single, I'm alone. And it's like, it's like why right because you've sat here and you've tried to conform to everybody you've done the whole you know pray the gay away like oh pray the gay away take it away and then it's like so then you got to think about like think of what that will do to somebody mentally right to somebody right. emotionally and then you you know then you end up um you know so and then i've even found myself in places where it was like you know what I'm just going to, you know, it's whatever. And then you start like, now you're depressed. And now you're drinking and you're doing lots of drinking, lots and lots of drinking. And you're an alcoholic now because it's like, what's wrong, right? Why can't it go away? Like, imagine just, and then it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. And as I'm talking through this, I'm like, damn, I can't believe I'm spilling all the tea like this, but it's whatever. Right. Um, like I said, people who know, who know, like, I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not a secret, but it's also like, and even when I'm talking to like, when I was talking to somebody who I used to work with, uh, for, <laughs> for sure, like we didn't put that out on the internet. Right. Um, the people who knew, knew, right. People who knew, knew that was your friend. Yeah. That was my friend. Uh, but people who knew knew, right? Because what happens too when you y'all y'all be putting y'all relationships out, and then all of a sudden y'all got like y'all had to go, y'all went from one no zero mutual friends to having forty mutual friends. 
<laughs> so no, I, I don't like that. Have people. sexual relations with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, um, but yeah, it's not so like anyway. it's, it, it's not it's not secretive. But it was, you know, I'm a I'm a, just a private person altogether. But at the same time, it's like eventually you could just get tired of saying, you know, so now I'm in a place where I'm like, you know what? I'm open to whatever happens. So if a young lady comes and like she catches my eye and attention, then, you know, it, it is what it is. If it's a young man who does it, it is what it is. Right. Um, and we can unpack it. You know, it is what it is. Um, you know, the church folks. To me, gonna, there's huh? really nothing to, to me personally, mm-hmm. Other people might feel differently, but to me, oh, there's they nothing to um, they there's nothing to unpack mm. because you said what you said. Mm. What 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 is there truly to unpack when you're the only thing that you're doing is speaking your truth, right? And at the end of the day, I feel like people you gotta let people just be happy, right? Right be happy because I've done the whole, and like I said, it, you know, as you get older, you start really just thinking about stuff. And it's like, I've done the whole, well, I'm just not going to date anyone because I can't do, you know? And it's just like, who wants to just be alone and single forever? Not me, child. And living, living for the opinions of other people. Right. So, you know, but that's something that, like I tell you, this has been years and years and years and years of a journey. And I've felt the the mental health, like my that's one of the reasons why my mental health has been everywhere. Like it's not just because of the army stuff, like the army stuff definitely has something to do with it, but it was just this whole like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to live? And that's why I respect people. Like, I don't know, I don't agree with like <laughs> He be extra sometimes, but like that's why I respect people like Lil Nas X because he's able to just live it, live in his truth, and not worry about you know what other people say. Worry about the boosies of the world. Where period? Because if we're honest, if we're honest, um, me and Benji had this conversation. There are a lot of boosies in our families. Mm. A lot of our neighborhood. a lot of our next door neighbors are boosies. A lot of the neighborhood street street boys is boosies. Like there's a boosie. You know a boosie in your life. Your barber is probably there's definitely or somebody in the barber shop is the boosie. You feel me? So that's something that I've had to navigate. And I know for a fact I would have like trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger trigger warning, y'all. I would have blown my brains out had I not like gone to therapy. Like I really would have. So therapy is important, y'all. And normalized therapy. That's normalized awesome therapy. A t-shirt. That is a t-shirt at Um, But that's what I really want people to get from this conversation is bet on yourself. Not only bet on yourself, but choose your choose to love yourself above all things. Choose to love yourself. Um, and then a part of loving yourself is unpacking these things about you. You know, figure out like who you are, figure out like at what points in your childhood, like which childhood traumas affected you in this way. I know a lot of men. I know a lot of men who um, what's the word? I know a lot of men who like 
are just now these are grown adults that I've been talking to, dudes in like their late 20s, their early 30s, even in their 40s, right? Who like realize, yo, when I was 16 and I slept with that woman who was 25, that wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. I tell people that all the time. That's molestation, rape. Like, that's not okay. You were taken advantage of. And as men, a lot of times, like this right here is a super vulnerable moment for me, right? And a lot of men, they run away from vulnerability. A lot of men, they run away from vulnerability because of, you are about to stay masculine. I got to beat on my chest. Ooh, I am man. But really, they're broken boys inside of a grown man's body. They're broken boys inside of a grown man body. And then what do they do? They cheat on the women. They beat on their women. They spread their seed everywhere and have a bunch of kids that they don't take care of. Why? Because that is to them, that's feeding the little boy inside of them. Little boy inside of them who was rejected. The little boy inside of them who was abandoned. The little boy inside of them who was molested. The little boy inside of them who was sexually assaulted. The little boy inside of them who was invisible. So they're like, if I feed it with all of this toxic masculinity, then I'm going to be whatever. And then they're 50 years old, 60 year old, and they're like still doing the same thing. 60 year old and still out here having kids. Like, what? Where they do that at? Where they do that Where at? How do they do that? And a twenty-something-year-old girl pregnant, a thirty-something-year-old woman pregnant, and then not taking care of him, and you got 30, 40 kids. Like, come on, let's do better. So I need y'all listening Gross. to really be okay with being vulnerable, being okay with naming the things that affect you, and then going ahead and getting therapy because therapy will save your life. It saved my life. And it, to this day, it's important. Anytime I'm feeling like uh, the day of the, we recorded this on June 1st, y'all. So it's whatever. By this time, if you don't know that we pre-record this, then go back to school. But um, <laughs> like today I woke up and I was just like in a really like sad mood. And I was like, yo, what's wrong with me? I just signed a contract. I've been in this gym. My hoochie daddy shorts been hooching. My, uh, my. Instagram, I mean, my, my numbers on my content is going good, but I felt like really sad. And then I said, oh, June 1st, June 1st, is my mom's birthday. And then just like internally, that does something to me, right? June 1st is my mm -hmm. mom's birthday. And obviously those who listen, like, no, my mom passed some years back or whatever. So like that sadness came. So what I do, yo, I texted my therapist and I told her, um, hey, today, my mom's birthday it's it's a day she's like how do you feel and we just talked it out she called me real quick and we talked like a good five minutes so being able to know your triggers and then being able to work through those things i think is important and that's what i need more people to do because i hate seeing reading news articles and stories about you know people taking their lives that's that's sad that's really sad um i don't know if lizzie still wants to say something but she said that she wanted to come up so, All right, let me go ahead and uh set this up for Lizzie. You know, whenever uh Lizzie gets on, I gotta set up the uh big mic. Well, yeah, big mic, but I gotta set up. We gotta change up some of the um the visuals. There we go. We gotta there change go. the visuals up. You know, I wasn't even you know, planning on it. I didn't even get ready for the camera today. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, to our listeners, because I know we have a broad range of people, right? And I feel like some people will have like a, a reactionary response to what you shared. Yeah. 
And I woke up grieved today for people that are going to receive the amount of hate that we give in our community. And I wasn't going to say anything, but I feel like one of the things that we miss is that we police other people's love and we police when people want human connection. And I'm always in this tug and pull with the church. It's not a secret on the podcast. I've said I'm a prophet. I sit on church boards. But like I've decided to take a stance of what scripture says that we're supposed to do, which is to love each other. Mm-hmm. So even in like 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it talks about, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so even if you don't understand why someone would choose a different way than you, I just want to challenge our listeners, whether you're in the boomer generation or millennial, a Gen Z, a Gen X, like wherever you fall this month to choose to just love someone else without policing them, without making them trying to prove something. I think that there are so many things that we could all say about each other. You know, one of the most tormenting things about being a prophet is that I know things about people. Like I I just, God shows me things, right? And sometimes we choose this month in particular, Jesus, I'm trying not to cry because I feel like God's heart is grieved. We choose this month. Don't make me cry, Lizzie. Demonize people. Oh Lord, y'all can't all cry because then I'll cry. We We all just can't be crying on here. Like we choose this month to say, let me point the finger at you. Because I, as a human, have made a list of what's wrong with you that needs to be fixed. But what if you just decided to say, let me look at this person and see what I can love about them? Because we are throwing away human beings. And I've been on the phone with people that are suicidal because they say, I can't fix this problem. But any time that God has ever talked to me about my carnal, disgusting, like worst behavior, evil things that I've chosen to do, like actually went to purposely harm someone. He started the conversation with daughter, I love you. And he didn't come to me to say, let me fix you. He said, let me love you. So this month, please hear me. And if you come at Micah, listen, you got to know there's 10, there's people standing with 10 toes down with him. Okay. If you come at me, that's great. You're not going to stop the conversation from happening. But I just want our listeners to know that no one's trying to harm you because they want to receive love. And love is what we should be giving. That's it. (laughs) Well, damn, Lizzie. I can't. Oh, Lord. That's good. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. That's good. But that's why we use That's what we do when we use this platform. And everything that I do is always intentional. Um, like I've had people like inbox me and they're like, yo, when in this segment you said um us. I'm like, yeah, I know I said us. Or they'll be like, you said we. Um and I'm like, yeah, I know I said that. And scripture's like, but your righteousness is of filthy rags. Anything that you think that you are so good on, anything that you think that you are just the perfect person, like and that you've conquered something, you fall short and you sin daily. So when we're going to talk about policing people and we're going to talk about what we do, the, the thing should be to look inwardly at you. What can I grow as a person? What do I need to look at? 
And then we're going to we're going to make comparisons in the world and say who's good enough and who's not. But the person that you hate because they love an individual that you can't understand may be the next piece to your destiny. I think I think people need to have that reality in this conversation. That we would demonize a group of people that we would say, you're not worthy. You're not a genius. You're not brilliant. You don't do business well because of this choice. That's a problem. That that's a major corporate problem. And I think that we're not unified because we're so built into rhetoric. One of the things that changed for me because I grew up in church too, was I had to start deconstructing what was just taught to me and what I actually believed as a person. Mm-hmm. Some of you turned your brains off in this conversation already, yeah. and it's been trying to like open up in your ear gates, like opening up. Okay? They already unsubscribed. They are they already yeah. unsubscribed. In your mind, you're like, oh no, I don't, I don't play with that. I don't do that, right? Why? Because you were taught to have a wall. When in actuality, if having a conversation was going to change your sexual orientation already, then that's a bigger conversation for you. Oh, my God. Am I making people gay with this conversation? (laughs) No. You're pushing an agenda. The agenda. You are pushing the agenda. And and I got one more thing to say. The same. I mean, like I said, this ain't news to nobody who, like, knows me or whatever, right? But if it is news to you, one, that means that you know you don't know me, which means it's none of your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, if you got smoke, you can still catch these hands. <laughs> you can still Those catch Those military hands. trained hands. So, you know, say what you want. Be like, oh, I thought you were for the culture. Oh, I thought you were this, that, and the other. Because I've had people do that, like, especially in the activism space. There's some it's weird because the activism stage either they're 100% like down or they're like, oh my God, like Umar Johnson, Tariq Nasheed, right? But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you can still get your ass beat. <laughs> I just had to, I don't know. I feel like that was for somebody. At the end of the day, you can still catch these hands and that is what it is, right? And then you're going to say that you got your ass beat by a faggot. My whole thing is this oh is we say this all the time. This is conversations for the culture. So we yes. are going to be talking about culture. Yes. And we don't do what? We, we don't run from no conversation. We don't run from any conversation. And not only are we going to be talking about the culture, we are going to be talking about women. Yes. Or not women, but just people in general. So that means women. Black men, black women, black gay men, black gay women, black trans men, black trans women, black anything. It don't matter. We gonna talk about it. Point blank, period. And if you got a problem, then run up if you want to and see what happens. Run up and condona. Um, Love it, Prophet, Prophet Carisha said act up you could get snatched up that, that is um first city girls verse <laughs> yeah. 23 and 8 i love that show i love that so check it out lizzie where can the people find you oh i'm lizzie p lawton everyone it's l-i-z-z-y no mcguire p is in paul l-a-w-t-o-n <laughs> i like that no mcguire. Shout out lizzie mcguire 
Where can the people find you, Portia? They can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, Porsche Baby 90. So P O R S H B B Y 90. And if y'all want to follow me, if you choose to still listen to me, <laughs> oh my God. Y'all can, um, Y'all can um, find me at It's Micah B on Instagram. It's Micah B on TikTok. It's Micah B on Twitter. Um, honestly, TikTok and Twitter is where like you get like the full me, right? I just no mm-hmm. no gloves. I say whatever I want to say, however I want to say it. And if anybody pro- got a problem with it, they can talk to their mama, but not me. Uh, so make sure that you follow it. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out Conversations for the Culture on Instagram at Combos FTC. Uh, I'm going to start doing a lot more over there, putting some content out over there, as well as on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Just type Conversations for the Culture. As you know, we are on all streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. So there is no reason that uh, you can't go ahead and share this out. And then when people say, oh, I don't got Spotify, and then be like, you got one of these things. All right. And it's free. It's totally free. So this has been another love week. Free. Um, this Tuesday, um, I'm having a conversation with um, a gentleman by the name of Malik Kashad uh, over the Black Music Archive. Make sure that you tap into that. And then myself and Portia will be back here next week. It's been a great week. We we went over a lot. We had a lot of good conversations. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys. Remember to stay Black. And we will see you next week.